Welcome to today's Software and Electronics Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Ms. Carrie Doubt, the Vice President of Marketing and Customer Experience for Insight Software. Carrie, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. So let's just go ahead and get the one traditional interview question out of the way, and then I promise no more. Give me a little bit of your journey and how you wound up at Insight. Sure, happy to talk about that. So I really, I really started my journey um, at a distribute at a distribution company that was very high tech. Sold a lot of really high tech products like industrial computers, um, HMI, SCADA software, and in that role, I was very involved with products that I had never seen or heard from. Um, and it was interesting because it was a challenging you know, role, learning the products and the industry. But what I found out is that it's just a really industry, interesting industry, and the people that are involved are really interesting. So I was actually there for quite a long time, learned a lot in an operations role, learned a lot about the company, a lot about distribution, a lot about the business, and moved from there into manufacturing as a regional sales manager, and then kind of transitioned into a product marketing role where I was helping design products, and then into a marketing role. And from there, I actually ended up transitioning into a customer success role at Insight. And then about a year year ago, I transitioned into a marketing role. So it's been kind of an interesting journey. I like that. I like that phrase, customer success role. I like that. That sounds friendly. Yeah, we, we really focus very heavily on you know customer satisfaction and customer engagement. Because we're a software company who really sells um, staff and solutions, we have the the pleasure of earning our customers' business every year. You know, I've always found manufacturing and distribution to be really fascinating. It's very interesting just the mechanics that go behind moving, first making one thing and then moving that thing to another place. But it's not as easy as just make this widget, put it in a box, throw it on a truck. There is an exponential number of factors that go into being able to continually, you come up with this great idea for a widget, right? But now you've got to be able to consistently get that widget to customer A in Idaho or customer B in Miami, right? Tell me a little bit about that. I'm I'm really interested in the sort of the distribution process or the growth of the distribution process over the last few years. Yeah, distribution, well, manufacturing and distribution has actually changed and is continuing to change um, over, over the course of time. Manufacturing used to be very focused on, you know, making a product, um, pushing it into their sales channel, you know, marketing to their channel, and then really um, being really, really far removed from the customer. And so in, in the traditional sense, you know, the sales team and the sales people were really, you know, just the primary focus of the organization. And it was all about them making a product and really knowing those that product really well. And then, like I said, selling it to their channel. And then the channel was really responsible for that relationship with the customer. And in manufacturing and distribution, you're often talking about, you know, people really think about branded products. They think about, you know, Toro. They think about, um Thule. They think about these customers that sell products that end up at a consumer eventually. But in manufacturing and distribution, there's also a lot of these products that never make it to a consumer. They maybe end up in a machine that makes those products 
at an, then goes to an OEM. So there's a lot of complexity in manufacturing and distribution and their go-to-market. And recently, you know, it's been the, the disruption around digital channels and manufacturers having to be much more um, focused around understanding and meeting the needs of the customer who may want to research their product and starts on, you know, their website but actually ends up buying from somebody else. So we often talk about the many-to-many -many relationships between people, products, and channels in this industry, and it's very, very complex. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because as we talk about the, the growth of technology on the manufacturing and the distribution side, it seemed to be for a short time that the, the prevailing thought was, well, with this technology and all of these improvements, we won't need salespeople. We'll just be able to go straight to the customer and straight to the company. And I don't know that necessarily that held true, did it? You know, it's interesting. Um, there's definitely a percentage of business, you know, mainly really large customers or really key strategic customers for manufacturers that maybe go direct. Um, but the reality is a lot of distributors are, or excuse me, manufacturers are not really set up to handle the volume and the complexity to ship to multiple locations. And the reality is, is that distributors who provide value, who stay current, who don't just, aren't just order takers, really have a lot of value in the cycle. And it's interesting because a lot of companies, both manufacturers and distributors, have invested in e-commerce and digital channels and have had really low adoption. And a lot of the reasons for that low adoption is, is that if your salespeople are not engaged and involved, that they're the people who onboard your customers in a B2B scenario. So the reality is, is it's not 100% self-serve and it's not 100% full service with traditional buying channels. It's really somewhere in the middle. And we, all, we often talk about kind of a hybrid solution where it's the ability for customers to move between in engagement. So maybe they start an order online as an example, and then they realize that they have questions. Maybe it's more complicated than they thought. And then they go to their salesperson. And then they end up finishing that order on with a traditional sales model of, of through you know customer customer service or those type of channels. But the reality is is that was never like a cart abandonment because they finished the, the process. They just finished it differently. So we really talk about the fact that it's not a hundred percent self serve and that it's really about a mixture. It, it sounds like the the critical factor is e-commerce can be merely an additional way to engage with the customer and to start helping them figure out what they want. Exactly. If you really think about it, you know, and we talk a lot about millennials and how millennials you know, they don't want to talk to people. They want to use their technology. What we have really found is that millennials are really more than happy to make a phone call and engage with somebody if they feel it's important and relevant and it's going to benefit them. They don't like just normal interactions. So if you think about salespeople and how they used to stop on, and they'd bring donuts every Friday and they would do a route and they would see the same customers on a regular basis. Well, the reality is, is that companies have gone through a lot of ups and downs over the last several years, and a lot of these companies have 
are work are operating with less people than they were historically. So people just don't have time in their busy schedules today to have those daily interactions with those salespeople. So they're really looking for the value. And so if they can self-serve, if there's things that they can just do by themselves, get it done in and out quickly and be done with it, that's what their preference is. But they're also more than happy to interact when it's necessary. So again, we really talk about that journey not being linear in B2B, but much more kind of an in and out and engaging with people when and if they need to. So it's definitely, you know, really important that e-commerce is part of that journey and that you allow people to self-serve when it really makes sense. You know, you talk about the change of communication styles specifically with the millennials and moving forward. I have a 15 year old daughter and there are times when I want to call and talk to her just to find out some things for her to coordinate some things. And I can literally hear her eyes rolling on the other end of the phone. So that I, I like technology and I like the moving forward, but I need to be able to talk to my kids sometimes. I'm just saying that if you could, you know, if you have any input on that, that would be great. But as we talk about technology rolling forward and let's let's drop in IoT. Let's talk about uh mobile devices and how they're everywhere. Do you find that the mobile device, whether it's a tablet or a phone, is really going to be a driving force in the way that this industry works moving forward? Yeah, I don't have a lot of advice for you on your daughter. I also have two children who are both millennials, and I get the same reaction. So I think the reality is, is if they see value in the conversation, they'll have it. But a lot of times they're like, just text me, that's good enough. So I really think that that's just a challenge that's just ongoing, and we all have to adapt to the changes in um, the generation. But when I think about IoT, um, you know, there's a lot of change that's going to impact the industry with IoT. And um, a lot of that is a lot of manufacturers are making what, what they call smart devices. So they're making a sensor, as an example, that's on a piece of equipment. Maybe they're monitoring how many hours that machine has ran. And that it's a lot less expensive for companies that have this equipment in their facility to schedule maintenance and downtime versus having a machine go down. So if they're monitoring, let's say the, monitor, the sensor is monitoring that motor and how many times that motor has been, in, how many times that motor has been in, in the cycle and that it needs, you know, bearings or something replaced at X amount of time. So that device has the ability to communicate with, you know, either the, the, the maintenance team at the factory or maybe even the manufacturer. So one of the things that we're hearing about IoT is that manufacturers are looking to get closer to the customer with IoT by being able to monitor that device. So that really changes kind of the dynamic of the distributor in that model because now with the monitoring and the subscription payment that's happening, that manufacturer is able to interact directly with that customer after the initial sale. So that's one thing that we really think about how IoT, and there's a lot of obviously other ways, but that's one example of how IoT is a big impact. When we think of mobile, um, we really think about the devices that people are on every day. And the reality is, is that people are on their phones, whether they're working or they're doing it for personal use. They use their phone all the time. So we really think about how can we use that mobile device to drive efficiency. So when you think about you know, B2B e-commerce, it's way different than B2C e-commerce. B2B e-commerce people, they're buying and engaging for their jobs. 
And a lot of times that's really about driving efficiencies. So you think about the efficiencies of a mobile device, and it's really around the technology that exists on that device, less than it is about you know the application. So an example of that is I'm a field service technician, and I'm out in the field, and I'm fixing something. And I find a part that something's wrong with it, and I don't really know what that part is. So the ability to take a picture of that part and be able to get from that image, be able to get, here's the replay, here's the part that you're looking for. And then being able to say, okay, so now I know what that part is because I was able to take that picture. Do I have that part in my van? Or if I don't, does somebody else that is involved in my field service have one in their van? Now, could I then, so you find one with a technician who's not too far away, right? One of the things you can do now is what if you could call Uber, they could pick up that part and bring it to you. Now, it's efficient for everybody. So all that started with that software recognition of the image that you took. So there's those type of things that mobile devices can really shrink the process. If I have to log in to go to a website and then I have to log in using a responsive design as an example, that can be complicated. I'm looking for, I'm, I want to get in and out, I want to be done quickly, and I want to get back to my job. So that's really the way we think about mobile and the important role that mobile plays. There's a lot of other scenarios. There's single sign-on. There's using your thumbprint to log in. I don't have to, again, go to a site and log in. So we're really thinking about that technology that exists on the device more than anything and how we can help people be more efficient and effective. Now, as we talk about new procedures and new devices and this is the time of year when all of the trade shows start to happen and everybody starts to earn those miles so they can become platinum again what product or project that you can tell me about with getting either of us in trouble what product or project are you guys working on that sort of is aligning itself with this evolution that you're seeing and I Excuse me, I would say that it really has to do a lot with, for us, it's it's not a product, it's really kind of a solution. Um, we really think about this holistic approach. We really think about organizations and how all of these things tie together. So we think of, you know, we talk a lot about e-commerce as an example. It's beyond commerce. It's really about changing how you go to market for manufacturers and distributors. And what does that really mean? It means that it's more than a shopping cart. It's really about kind of that holistic approach. And here's what I mean by that. So if I have an e-commerce solution that's built for B2C, and then it's really designed for, for a one-on-one -on -one interaction or a one-to-many. It's one buyer engaging with many different products. And the complexities of B2B are a lot more difficult because you're talking about many-to-many. -many. There's many people involved in the buying process. And what I mean by that is you have buyers. You have subject matter experts, so maybe I'm going to pour. I'm doing a big job, and I'm going to pour concrete. And this is a really unique project, as an example. One of the things that I may need to do is I may that subject matter expert may be the person who needs to source the product because it's very specific. There's it maybe there's 
weather conditions that have to be taken into account. Maybe there's chemicals that may need to be added to that because I'm trying to do something very selective. So that researcher and that expert is really very involved in the buying process, but they, they may not be the person who at the end pulls the trigger to buy that product. That would be a buyer. So when you think about a lot of B2C, it's about that transaction. When you think about B2B, it's much, much more than the transaction. So it's really about thinking about how buyers want to buy and engage with your company, but also how the sellers in your company want to be able to support that. So we take that holistic approach. Our solutions are really targeted at letting people buy the way they want to buy, whether that's online or offline. Um, what I mean by that is we allow customers to see their orders to self-serve as an example, they can see orders that were placed through traditional methods through the ERP because we're integrated, or the orders online. And that's something that's really unique. A lot of companies will show you technology that really focuses on what happened on your website. But we recognize that there's more to it than that. So we go deeper. So then we look at the seller persona and, and how the seller needs to be involved. So we allow our sellers to impersonate their customers so they can buy on behalf of their customers. They can see exactly what their customers are buying or um, are not buying. Maybe a customer stopped buying, and rather than historically where maybe you'd find that out by accident, you know, we're looking at things that are predictive, that you can see that maybe your your customer normally buys at this time of year and that you haven't, you haven't talked to them yet. So much more proactively, you, we can give you those triggers that say, hey, you may need to go so-and-so. We're also looking at ways that communication can ha happen much more automated. So we look really heavy at workflows. So quoting is a big part of B2B as an example. So somebody places a request for quote, it automatically goes to the sales rep and that starts a work order workflow. And then it goes to the manager for approval and back to the customer. Those manual processes used to take days, sometimes weeks to get through the system. Again, we're looking at driving efficiencies and making sure that those things are happening in real time today. And so we really look at how we can automate those processes. And then we're looking at things like um, business intelligence and analytics. So people need real time data. And again, we really look at this holistically. So we are able to track um, if a customer started online, I, I brought up that cart abandonment. That's a great example, right? It's a customer may start online, but they may end up buying through that salesperson because they need help. So we allow you to see that holistic view, that you can see that that transaction started online, but that that order was actually completed and finished through a sales rep, through ERP integration, through your CSR, or maybe the sales rep themselves. So looking at things holistically, being able to see that cart abandonment in B2B is not the same as it is in B2C. And often these transactions are completed, but they just are completed differently. So really looking at that holistic view. And then we look at mobile. So we really look at how your customers want to buy. And if you're looking at somebody's out in the field, maybe they're working on a project. We often talk about a size skyscraper, and you've got electricians, and you've got plumbers, and you have all these building people that are involved. Maybe throughout the day, they're placing orders. We allow people to build lists where it rolls up into a single order. So people can say, I need more screws, I need this part, I need more wire nuts, and they can add it to that order at the all day long. And at the end of the day, 
somebody who has the right to actually approve and process that order can do that. And you know what? Those parts can be at your job site by the next morning. Nobody has to go pick them up at will call. So we're really looking at how we can help people drive people business efficiencies across customers and the organizations that are our customers buying our technology to make everybody more effective and efficient. I think you could not possibly have put that more eloquently. I I agree with you. I think the expectations, uh, you know, we talk about technology evolving. Well, the customers are evolving too. Buyers are evolving too, and their expectations become tighter and more cohesive. And they really, much like our children, they really want to be as efficient as possible. So I think you're doing a I think you're doing a really good job. You should give yourself a little pat on the back. And I would like to say. Thank you for taking the time today to talk to me. Today, I have been having a conversation with Carrie Doubt, the Vice President of Marketing and Customer Experience for Inside Software. Carrie, thanks again. Thanks for having me. It was a great pleasure to be here. I always like when people make me want to be smarter. So thanks for taking the time today. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope we get to talk to you again soon. I would enjoy that. Thanks for t having me today, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.